0: You know, I do want to say, though, a lot of you may not know this, but uh, today was the last Sunday that Derek Young is with us, so let's just give him some applause here for the years that he's given to us. We wouldn't be what we are without Derek, so make sure you give him a big bear hug before you leave today. He loves stuff like that. Well, good morning, everyone. This is my first time teaching here since we've made the move to the Civic. i got to say, this is really nice it really is there's been a there's just been a lot of cool changes made and i don't know if you guys have noticed but chris has been like wearing tennis shoes and sweatshirts up on stage it's like he's gotten hip on us all of a sudden the guys like a step away from wearing skinny jeans i think well this really is nice and um I am honored to, I'm honored every time I teach, but I'm honored to be here today. You know, it really is, uh, it's been just an amazing adventure, and I have been blessed to see God work in the life of this church and just in so many people's lives here. And you know, it's not just about the people in this church, it's really about the people that have been impacted outside of this church. Because that is truly the mark of a great church, man. When, you're, when your reach goes beyond your walls. When you impact people, and it's felt not just in here, but it's felt out there and in, in the community. And the jar is definitely doing that. And I think if there was one word that I would use. To sum up how we got here to this point, just one word, the word I would choose would be obedience. It'd be obedience. Why would I choose obedience? I mean, why not prayer? I mean, prayer's been important. Why not Scripture? Man, Scripture's been important and a huge part of things too. But listen, you can pray day and night. You can memorize scripture. But if you are not obedient, you are never going to reach your potential. You are never going to attain what you are capable of. See, this is true for a church, but this is also true for our own lives. The Bible tells us not to be just hearers of the Word, but to be doers of the Word. And Luke 11, verse 28 says, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and obey it, are obedient to it. So here's my main point for the day. This is our big idea. It's a three-parter, so this truly is a big idea. It's prayer brings forth God's plan Scripture reveals God's plan and obedience sets into motion God's plan. So prayer brings forth God's plan. Scripture reveals God's plan and obedience sets into motion God's plan. God opens doors whether it's by prayer, whether it's by Scripture, whether it's by someone maybe that God has placed in your life. God opens doors, but obedience is you walking through those doors. Obedience is what gets you from point A to point B. Listening, then hearing, and then obeying. Well, there was a guy who was... uh, He was driving down the road one day and he sees a gorilla standing beside the road. So, of course, he pulls over and lets the gorilla in the passenger seat and takes off. Well, further down the road, there's a cop and the cop's radar and checking people's speed. And he sees this guy go by and notices that there's a gorilla in the passenger side. So he pulls him over. He goes up to the guy and he says, what are you doing with the gorilla in your car? The guy said, We're just driving. The cop said, You can't be just driving around with the gorilla in your car. Take it to the zoo. So the guy drives off. Well, the next day, the cop's radaring again, and he sees the same car go by with the gorilla still in the passenger seat. So he pulls him over again. And he runs up to him he says, What are you doing? I told you. You can't be just driving around with the gorilla in the car. I told you to take it to the zoo. The guy said, I did. We had a great time. Now we're heading to the ball game. (laughs) You see, good things happen when you listen and are obedient. Even if you don't fully understand. You know, the truth is, we, we have no idea sometimes what one single act of obedience can do. What one simple act of obedience is going gonna, is gonna to get things spinning and going to set into motion. You know, obedience is how the jar went from being a church of seven to where we are today. And like the church, true change will not take place in our lives until we are obedient to what God is calling us to do. Obedience sets into motion God's plan. I tell you, you do not want to miss out on something that God has planned for you. You don't want to miss out on things that God has planned through you for other people. Well, I am going to share with you a story today, and this story is found in the book of Acts. And if you are not familiar with Acts, it's the book that comes after the Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is the start of the New Testament. And these are accounts of what happened while Jesus was here. This is, these are eyewitness accounts of Jesus' story. Now, Acts is short for the Acts of the Apostles. It's the account of the Apostles after Jesus ascended into heaven at the end of the Gospels. So, Acts picks up where they left off. Acts is written by Luke, the same Luke in the Gospel. It is an account of the first 30 years of the church. It tells the founding of the church And it shows the spread of the gospel. Now I'm going to focus today on a story that starts in Acts 5 verse 17. I'm actually going to go 17 through 21. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to pull three important truths out of this story. Three important truths about obedience. And hopefully, hopefully as 2018 comes to an end, We're going to be able to apply these truths to this next season in our lives. Maybe make 2019 a year where where we step up and we begin to go where God's calling us to go. We begin to do what God's calling us to do and we be what God's calling us to be. We make 2019 the year of obedience. So let me bring you up to date a little bit here. Let me get you up to 517. So after Jesus ascends into heaven, the apostles, they are all gathered in Jerusalem. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to turn the world upside down with their obedience. They're performing wonders and miraculous signs and thousands were being added to this movement. Now everyone in the community is just being blown away by all of this. But the religious leaders are getting ticked off. You've got to remember, they're the ones that had Jesus crucified. They don't believe in this resurrection that the apostles are teaching. The religious leaders, they're saying, we've got to get control of these guys. They're, they're converting people by the thousands. They are making us look bad. So now let's pick the story up in Acts chapter 5, verse 7. I'm going to read it first, then I'm going to break it down for you. So verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Verse 21, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. So three truths about obedience I'm going to pull out of that. And the first one is obedience triggers opposition. Obedience triggers opposition. Verse 18 says, They arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. Now, if you're following this story, this is actually the second time the apostles were put in jail. In chapter 4, They were brought in and they were questioned. And make no mistake about it, these religious leaders were not to be messed with. They could imprison you. They could beat you. They could kill you. These guys had all the power. And they commanded, not warned, they commanded Peter and John to no longer speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But they continued to speak, and they continued to teach, and they continued to heal, and they continued to cast out demons, and they continued to convert more and more people to Jesus Christ. So again, they were brought in and they were arrested. Friends, in my book, this is not a good day at all. I don't want to go to jail Heck, I visit prison as a ministry. I go and I pray with inmates and and speak to them. And I would love to say that I enjoy doing it, but I don't even like being in the jail. And I'd really hate to actually be in the jail. In fact, in a weird kind of way, and I don't know if other people maybe think this, but in a weird kind of way, I would like to believe that if I'm obeying God, then nothing bad should happen to me. I mean, if we're following God and we're doing what He wants us to do, then good things should happen. If I'm serving God, I shouldn't get sick. If I'm serving God, my car shouldn't break down, adding to my financial woes. If I'm serving God, I should prosper. If I'm serving God, my Notre Dame team shouldn't have got clobbered by Clemson last night. Guys, get my point here. You see, we think that we shouldn't have a bunch of problems when we're serving God, when we're doing what He wants, but the truth is, when we serve God, we have a spiritual enemy who wants to stop the work of God. When we serve God, we have a spiritual enemy who wants to stop the work of God. So you've got to put it on your calendar when you are being obedient to God, it is going to trigger opposition. You 17 people that got baptized two weeks ago, you're going to face opposition. I bet some of you are now because you stood up, you declared that you are committed to following Jesus Christ and are going to be obedient to Him and the enemy doesn't like that and the enemy doesn't like you. John 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So it is important for you. Now more than ever, you you have to be in prayer, you have to be in scripture, you have to make coming to church a priority. When God calls you to do something, opposition will often follow your obedience. You know, in this church throughout the years, every significant act. Of obedience was met with resistance and opposition. But you're gonna get resistance when you're doing what God tells you to do. Listen, don't worry when you face opposition. Worry when you don't. And if you're not ever, if you're not ever crossing paths with the devil, you're probably flowing in the same direction. If you're not facing opposition, you're not doing anything that makes the enemy nervous. The first truth about obedience, obedience triggers opposition. Here's truth two. Obedience releases miracles. Obedience releases miracles. So in Acts 5, verse 19, I want you to watch how Luke, the author, the physician, I don't know if I mentioned he is a doctor, watch how he describes this miracle. I'm going to read it like it is. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. That's it. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. It's one sentence. One statement, no adjectives, no exclamation point on the end. It's like he wasn't even making a big deal out of this. Are you kidding? If I'd have been writing this, I'd have been like, dude, you need to sit down because you're not even going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. We were praying. There was an angel that busted through the bars. It was like the Incredible Hawk. And Luke doesn't give us any details at all, though. It's like this was a normal thing. Why? Because when you're walking in obedience to God, you are not surprised by the miracles of God. Let that sink in. When you're walking in obedience to God, you are not surprised by the miracles of God. They were expecting it. You know, when we first announced the move here, with it came changes, with it came many needs. That's what the whole Forward Faith campaign was for. We needed to meet those needs. The church set a goal of $50,000. Well, a few weeks ago at our elder meeting, Pastor Chris told Tom Truesdale... Abby Guthrie and myself, an update, and he said, as a church, we have raised $65,000. Awesome. But the way he said it was just like I said it, very calmly. He didn't say, can you believe that, guys? Because Chris wasn't surprised by it. Because every need this church has ever had, God stepped up and God either met it or God exceeded it. When you're walking in obedience to God, you are not surprised by the miracles of God. When you get into a pattern of obedience in your life and you are doing the things that God is calling you to do, whatever that may be, however hard it may seem, however impossible it might sound, regardless of how much opposition you face, you will eventually get to the place where you are not surprised by God's miracles. You get used to the fact, you don't take it for granted, but you get used to the fact that God does what He says He's going to do, what His Scripture says He is going to do. Sometimes you get surprised how things work out, and you're not even sure how exactly it happened. There were these three elderly gentlemen, Eddie, Jenkins, and Martin. They were lifelong friends, best friends, and they all three struggled though with remembering things. Well, they had an appointment together at the doctor for a memory test, and it's a miracle that these guys even they even remembered their appointment. But anyway, the doctor starts by asking Eddie. He says, Eddie, what's five times five? Eddie replies, 191. Doctor kind of rolls his eyes, says, Jenkins, it's your turn. What's five times five? Wednesday, replies Jenkins. Doctor shakes his head and then asks the third man. He says, okay, Martin. He says, it's your turn. What's five times five? Twenty-five, says Martin. Man, that's great, says the doctor. How'd you get your answer? Easy, said Martin. I subtracted 191 from Wednesday. (laughs) See, whenever my wife doesn't laugh at a joke, I know it's ready for church. I know it's (laughs) going to go over. You know, sometimes things truly don't even add up, but you still get the right answers with God. When you step out and you start going where God's calling you to go, don't be so surprised when you get there. Job 5 verse 9 says he performed wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Obedience triggers opposition. Obedience releases miracles. And third, Obedience requires faith. Obedience requires faith. So verse 20, the angel says, Go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. So in case you're not paying attention, the angel said, go do what got you thrown in jail twice already. That's what the angel's saying. He says, go preach again. Do the very same thing that got you in all this trouble. Do the same thing that put you in this predicament. That's going to take faith. Now, I don't know about you, But man, there's times that I feel like God's calling me to do something and my situation isn't even life or death, but I still want to say to God, can you give me some details here? And you know God's saying, you can't handle the details. If I gave you the details, you probably wouldn't do what I'm asking you to do. God is saying, you just need to have enough faith To just take the next step. Just take the next step. You see, that's what God's calling us to do. Psalm 119, verse 105, says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I want you to really focus in on that. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, you know a lamp doesn't light up the entire path. With a lamp, you take one or two steps, and then it lights up two or three more. But here's the problem. We want to see 20 steps. We want the guarantee We want to know where God's taking us. But God's saying, you just need to have the faith to take the very next step that I'm showing you. Obedience always requires faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't have to figure it all out. We just have to trust that God's got it all figured out. I mean, for Pastor Chris to be obedient and to start a church with seven people required some faith. For the jar to rent the movie theater in town and invite the whole community to come out and watch The Passion of the Christ way back when it came out for free to everybody took a lot of faith. You know, they used every bit of money they had to do that. They had no idea where it was going to lead. They just took the next step that God was showing them to take. To rent half the gym at the YMCA. To rent the whole gym. To go to two services. To buy an office building. To remodel an office building. Heck, for some of us to walk through this place two years ago, and begin talks, and pondering a possible move. We didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know how it would work. We just knew that God was calling us to take a step. And we prayed. We prayed, and we turned to Scripture, and we focused on God's Word. And it's crazy, too, how as we began taking steps, Doors in front of us would open, doors behind us would close. Because when you have faith, God will show you where He wants you. He'll lead you there. He's going to light the path for you. You've got to remember that big idea today. Prayer brings forth God's plan. Scripture reveals God's plan. Obedience sets into motion God's plan. So what I've told you today, Peter and John, they're thrown in jail for preaching. An angel breaks them out of jail, tells them to go to the temple and continue preaching. So here's verse 21. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. As they had been told. Notice they didn't delay. They didn't obey halfway. This was complete and it was immediate. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. You either obey completely and immediately or you disobey. No matter what it is, if it's Something big in your life, you obey. If it's something small God's telling you to do and it seems insignificant, you still obey. If Peter and John would have quit, if they would have failed to obey, that wouldn't have screwed up God's plan. He would have called somebody else. And that's the same way in our lives. Listen, you and I are not powerful enough to screw up God's plan. But boy, we can mess ours up. We can miss out on things that God has planned for our lives. What we, things that we were created to do. How we were created to be. Peter and John were obedient. They were obedient and they were partly responsible for how three decades Christianity went from being this small group of frightened believers in Jerusalem into this empire-wide movement of people who had committed their lives to Jesus Christ and continues to this very day to spread all over the entire world. Man, we have to do what God is calling us to do, when He's calling us to do it, or we are going to miss out. We're going to miss out on some incredible opportunities that God has planned for us. And then we're never going to know what we were truly capable of doing, what we were truly capable of achieving. I'm going to play a video that I played... uh, I played a few years ago in a teaching, but it just fits perfectly in this teaching. Now, this is a clip from the movie Facing the Giants. Let's watch it.
1: So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday Night Down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you only go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. Alright. Your best. Okay. you going to give me your best. I'm gonna give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good, tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left,
2: a little bit left. i bet There you go.
1: Show me good effort. How do we, Brock? You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. My 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. Stop, Brock. You got more than you than that. Hey, done. I'm just resting a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit until you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm he's heavy. I'm buying strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength. But don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. You not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from
2: here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. are burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. you your are back. Don't stop. Keep going. Hard. It's not too are You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your back. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, Brock Kelly, you don't quit on me. No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Ross! Ten more steps! Ten more!
0: The question honestly becomes what's God calling you to do? What's God been putting on your hearts? What's He wanting you to take on, to follow? Maybe you're not you're scared, you're not wanting to do it, you're wanting to give up. Maybe there's an area in your life that God's calling you to maybe step out and just be obedient in. You know the thing is with a new year comes all new opportunities. These are opportunities to work on some of those areas you may be struggling. maybe opportunities to work on a struggling marriage maybe it's just not what you thought it was going to be you're falling apart here you don't know what to do but you've got to push it you got to push it to be the absolute best that it can be. you don't quit because of adversity. And you can't control what someone else does. But man, it's your responsibility to give it everything that you've got so you can be the absolute best husband that you can be. The best wife that you can be. Maybe God's calling you to to work on your finances. Maybe God's calling you to work on your health. Maybe you're stuck in a rut, and maybe there's a there's an area in your life and you're getting addicted, or there's some kind of a hurt, some kind of a hang up that's holding you back, that's keeping you from being free, that's keeping you from smiling, that's keeping you from being happy. Man, I read the prayer request. Every week I pray that all the prayer requests that come into here, and every week I see the same things struggling, hurting. And then we have a program like Celebrate Recovery that people don't step up and take advantage of. It's like we can walk into a church and we can put on a mask and we can say, everything's great. Life is perfect. No, it's not. Life isn't perfect. Things happen that hurt you. Things happen that hold you down. Next week, we start a brand new year. Celebrate Recovery. Step one. No better time to come into the program. It costs absolutely nothing. In a couple months we are moving it from Thursday nights at the YMCA to Tuesday nights at the JAR office. Take advantage of stuff like that. If God's calling you to do something like that, do it. Maybe God's calling you to reach out to somebody. Maybe there's somebody at work. Maybe there's somebody in your school and God's wanting to use you to be that vehicle to talk to them. Maybe God's calling you for something that you would have never even dreamed of. Maybe God's got a whole different plan for your life than what you've got right now. And you felt it on your heart. you felt it. And every time you, you read something in the Bible, it leads to that direction for you. Man, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're being told through prayer, whatever it is that you're being shown through Scripture, obedience will set it into motion. Regardless of whatever mountain's in front of you, regardless of the Red Sea that stands in your way, God can move it. God can part it. Man, you've got to keep pushing you got to keep continuing to be obedient. You have to keep taking steps, whatever those steps are that God's showing you. And I'm telling you, if you do that, if you start to be obedient like that, God will begin to develop in you an attitude just like the apostles. And you will begin to believe that regardless of the adversity... Regardless of the opposition, you cannot be stopped. The giant in front of you is not bigger than the spirit inside of you. Do not quit before your miracle happens. Make 2019 the year of obedience. Do what God is calling you to do. Go where God is calling you to go and be what God is calling you to be. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we just... uh, God, we thank you for this morning just being blessed to be able to gather in a place like this and to just glorify your name and to just lift you up in worship. and Listen to your word. God, listen to your truth. God, we thank you for challenging us to pursue the plans that you have for us. You tell us in Jeremiah 29, 11, your plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope in a future we want to be obedient to whatever you're calling each one of us to do. God, whatever it is that you're you're laying upon our hearts. And God, for whoever you are reaching out to right now, whoever you are calling right now, to make a decision to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. God, I just invite them right now to share this prayer with me. They can speak it out loud. They can speak it in their hearts. Everybody can speak it together. It doesn't even matter. But if you're ready to be made new and to have your name written in the book of life, repeat after me, Dear God, I admit that I am a sinner and I ask for forgiveness for the things I've done. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and was raised to bring me new life. I confess Him now as my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to Him from this day forward. I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.